1: So welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I appreciate so much all the comments that all of you send me either on Temple Hayes' blog or also templehayes.org or Facebook. You know, it's wonderful that Unity Online Radio is able to offer all of these tools and life skills in which people need to live and embrace everyday life as we know, I mean, education, I look at some of the classes I took, algebra, geometry, um, you know, all these different things, even how to play the trombone, and even though music has wound up being a very significant part uh, part of my life, um, I was not able, like most people in the world today, to get skills like how to really live as a human being, having a spiritual experience as an intentional spirit. And thus, that is the passion in which I want to do and offer this show, is to have guests such as our guest today, Therese Tapuni, that offers the gifts of grief. Welcome, Therese, and thank you for being on our show.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here.
1: Well, in my humble opinion, uh, with the hundreds of thousands of people that I have spoken with and in front of and around over the last 22 years in ministry, this is one of the deepest areas that is the most overlooked with the most non-intelligent responses that I've ever heard of what people say to each other when they're going through loss and the most misunderstood elements. And I would go further to say it also, because of the lack of willingness to know what grief is and to understand it, it has brought forth uh, la-la metaphysical answers That has um, not always helped us uh, in the new thought movement of really being there for another human being in the midst of when they need us the most. Um, That by far is one of the things I tell people in membership class here at at Unity Campus at First Unity is that I am a leader who believes in the necessity of grieving and, and living life. In other words... Uh, if you can't sit with your own pain, uh, you're never comfortable with anybody else's. Is that, is that an amen on your part, Therese? That's a
2: double amen.
1: <laughs> so yes. I was uh, thrilled um, in getting your book um, and, and looking at the aspects of it. Um, I know that you got a leading trailblazer to endorse it, Gene Houston, who says a luminous, loving book, Evica- uh, exactly about who we are and what we may really be. And that would be the truth. So tell me, Therese, how did you get to be an intentional spirit? What brought you down this road anyway, like Dorothy and the Wizard mm-hmm. of Oz, in which you make <laughs> reference to in your book, uh, Finding Your Way Back Home? How did you get into this work?
2: Well, I began um, early on doing what I now look back on as a more superficial um, counseling and working with people who were trying to create a more intentional life, but the depth was missing, and one of the themes of the book and the reason I wanted to get it out there for people is because it took great tragedy in my life for me to understand why I was here. And it was, I I lived a, a fairly comfortable life until the death of my son, when everything that I believed was shaken. All my foundations were shaken. My religious foundations, my sense of family, my sense of God, everything was just turned upside down. And it was a while before I was able to say, how am I honoring my son in this grieving? Because I could not accept the fact that he could have died for no reason.
1: And when did this um, occur in your life, Therese?
2: He died in 74, and I was a young mother. And um, he was um, hit by a truck on his way to swimming practice, and lived 10 days in intensive care before he passed. And it was, um, I was in my 30s, so it was like I didn't have the tools. And I had been on my knees as I write in my whole life. I was um, raised Orthodox Catholic, and I never spent a night that I didn't get on my knees next to my bed And I realized that when my son passed away, I came home from the hospital and I climbed in my bed for the first time in my known life without getting on my knees. And it was that moment in time when I realized that my anger was huge, my anger at the the misunderstanding I had of how life was supposed to work, you know, all of a sudden we're like, well, yeah, I'm a good person, but I didn't have any reason not to be a good person. Everything was going along smoothly. And this is, um, it took me a while to understand that that we don't mourn in this society at all the way that um, we used to mourn and the way we understood grief. And that was the dark night of the soul. We um, Sort of in this society, felt like we had to be, you know, put on this face, this happy face, and go out there and not disturb people with our grief.
1: Well, exactly. And in the uh, tribes and in tribal times in which people lived and in which some people still live. When there would be a kind of loss or an accident, you know, an accident in the jungle could be, you know, a a tree falls on you and you you die Mm -hmm. or you're -hmm. deeply wounded. So in whatever relationship that is, um, accident, tragedy, you know, those kind of things. Uh, in that, when it happens within a, within a tribe, the tribe gets together and says, uh, you know, how can we be here for you? You have red energy in your body, and how can we support you in getting that out? Um, a lot of people don't even understand in the 21st century with all the education and knowledge that we have that when we look at some of the the itis diseases and cancer and those kind of things, they are red energy, and red energy is an anger energy or grief energy. I'm yes. sure that you concur as well. Yeah. That in the midst of when, and I'm not saying one size fits all, so people don't quote me on that, but I'm saying in, in many cases, uh, when we look at the depth in which people are carrying these diseases and this discord, obviously they are red energy, that doesn't change. But one of the things people don't understand is that anger and, and grief are cousins. And I'm sure with the work you have been doing over this time with this tragedy uh, not breaking you but yet redefining you after the break is that uh, since you've dedicated your life to it, and thank you for that. But in that uh, space and in that depth, I'm sure that you find as well as I do, as I found for myself, some of the things that even I was angry about. It wasn't that I was angry. I was sad. Yeah. I was sad. Or vice versa. I was sad. You know, I've done group therapy with people as a facilitator. They're sad. I don't know why I'm sad. I'm just sad. And I'm sad a lot. Um, and I medicate, and I and I drink my wine a lot, which mm-hmm. is another usual mm-hmm. red energy fix. And I do all that, and I don't really know why. And it's interesting in their case that they tap into total absolute rage.
2: Yeah, and I think that um, what I write about also and talk about a lot is global grief. And I think people don't have these people who come who say, I'm sad and I don't know why. It's this grieving on the planet that's entering ourselves and connecting with our personal grief. And we don't even have a way of of understanding or stating that unless we're studying it. But it's um, when we have things coming in through our televisions and through our electronics in real time, children being shot in a school, people flowing down the street in a tsunami and out to sea. We see that in real time, and we can't, as humans, ignore that. And it, it sends out an energy on the planet, even if we're not seeing it in real time, That the that sadness just great grief on the planet and it's sadness and people, even if they haven't had what they consider a personal grief, will come to you or me and say, I don't know what this is, I just feel so sad. And it's really, um, I think it's a 21st century manifestation that we've not experienced before.
1: And um, I loved it, you know, when you and I talked along the way, um, that was one of the things that, that really, you know, caught my attention is how you address that and how you put it on the forefront of, of people's awareness. Um, so it it's twofold, it, absolutely, in that um, when there is uh, something that happens significant um, like 9-11, which is on a larger scale that we feel something has been done unto us that wasn't necessary so that's one layer but then we also have the tsunami we have those kind of things that happen and we're all enrolled and engaged with it at the same time or we have floodings or you know certain things so yeah. and where we know that there is um the loss of life and and um we are holding that patterning in in our in our being there's no doubt mm-hmm. about it with um yeah. uh 911 or with katrina uh there's uh, fragmentation you know, there is soul fragmentation as a world, as a global planet, as an earth-bound mm-hmm. uh, presence, then there's that fragmentation. And that's a time where I, like, you know, would say the rubber meets the road, I guess because I grew up in the tar business. <laughs> but it, it's about the space of rubber meeting the road. It's like, uh, for example, 9-11. Some people were able to address um, my life has changed now and how is this going to uh, define me, right, that kind of energy. Or other people went, well, this is where we're headed. Uh, let me go get a six-pack, you know, a big old box of chocolate and, um, and just, uh, you know, call it a day.
2: And, well, and, and I think, too, in intentional living, we could also use that to say, you know, we have been hearing for years about people in other countries being bombed and uh, we've seen war on our televisions so we've not experienced in our own personal lives in this country that we could have could have made the choice to go to that place and say oh my gosh you know this is right. what they've been experiencing yeah about oh, right. our understanding
1: there's another thing that I wanted that you and I had also talked about um, privately that I want to uh, say out loud is, and, and to kind of put a frame around all this, is that in seeking a spiritual life, um, part of spiritual life and the key in your spiritual life is embracing your humanity and and getting that. And getting that clearly, if God wanted us to be robotic, if we were supposed to be designed as computers with no feeling, that's the way we would have been designed. The more spiritual in your practices you become, the more sensitive, the more awake, the more you feel energies of everything and everyone else. And it's important to be aware of that. Yeah, That's one really. thing. But the other thing that I want to highlight, because I loved our, our conversation with uh, each other about that, is as a sensitive, spiritual, intentional being, not only do you feel after the fact things that have occurred that have affected or impacted our humanity, you feel things often before they even occur. And yes. you want to just... Be aware of that. It's not that you walk around, you know, twenty four seven. I feel, I feel, I feel. Oh, look at me! I feel, I feel. But you want to be aware of that um, because I felt uh, an energy before uh, a recent earthquake in in Japan, and I didn't know what it was, but I felt a heaviness in my in my being. I felt a heaviness, and I remember declaring to a couple of people, "If I didn't know better." I would think an earthquake is coming, you know, mm-hmm. and I yeah. just said that loosely and uh, I was just so shocked when it had occurred and some people, you know, within our community said, God, oh, I'm glad you brought that up because that happens to me sometime is that yeah. I have a sense about something and I feel these energies and I don't know, you know, what they are about or, you know, why I have them.
2: And so I, I think like that's... the way you say you have to embrace that because... It's not a matter of going. Oh, look at me! Look what I know! Look what you know! I've been given given this ability because I think everybody has it if they open to all their possibilities. But right. it's it's being humble in the in that. Okay, this is what God gave us. This sensitive organ. We are a very sensitive organism, and how do we use that?
1: Right. Exactly. There. Yeah. There is no. There is no doubt about it, and. And so, um, we are offering today, uh, you and I, um, a a possibility of people, uh, realizing that it is essential for the integration of spirit to address these things and to be willing to talk about them, um, Mm -hmm. within your family, within your core group, within your, um, you know, reality that you're you're able to sit in a space of of addressing it as part of our wearing our human suit. I think that that is uh, very powerful. We're going to uh, delve into some aspects of your of your book, um, Therese, I feel that we've set kind of a standard, not only individual grief and things that happen, but as well as global and other relationships that we find ourselves in the 21st century. And I want to remind everybody you can go to ThereseTapuni.com to find out more about her work and her blog. Her book is called The Gifts of Grief. Finding light in the darkness of loss, and her name is um, Teresa Puni, which is T H E R E S E T A P P O U N I, and you can go to Unity FM and. Um, Check out the spelling on that just to make sure you got it right to go to the website. I continue to thank all of you that support uh, not only as your contributions financially, but there's other ways in which you can support uh, these amazing radio shows and these teachings to get them out in the world. You can forward them. You can highlight them on your Facebook. We want to thank you for putting your best effort forward. I'm Temple Hayes, and we will be right back after this short break. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you.
0: Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. My affirmation of faith is, I release and I let go. I release my desire to control people or situations. I let go of fear, worry and doubt. I trust in divine power, which is infinitely capable of establishing right outcomes. I align myself with this power through prayer and meditation opening my mind and heart to the wisdom of the universe, I recall the promise, I am with you always to the end of the age. With this assurance, I find the strength to let go of anything holding me back. Letting go and letting God is a choice. It empowers me to move forward with ease and confidence. It provides me peace of mind and the assurance of divine order. As I let go and let God, I open the door to infinite possibilities. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word digital magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Are you ready for the next steps on your spiritual path? If you are, you won't want to miss the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier, happier, more balanced lives. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Rev. Temple Hayes.
1: Welcome back, everyone. And as we say very clearly, with part of being an intentional spirit is the ability to see and the ability to be. And part of one of the things I I learned many years ago is we are healed by what we turn towards rather than what we turn away from. And so part of our essence in our practice and, and the highlight of positive living is not to pretend that something is going on, but yet to embrace it and learn how to integrate it into our lives. When we're able to integrate grief, which we're talking about with our guest today, Therese Tapuni, when we're able to do that and to Im- integrate it within our lives and go through a process uh, then because of that, we're able to have more energy in our body and rather than less when we when we look at people that in an assessment or discernment they are not fully living they're not fully thriving they're just moving at a slow pace uh, there's a grief issue there pretty much most of the time, or um, unresolved anger that's being carried in your body, because we're not designed that way. Uh, you don't see the pelicans at the beach, or the birds, or the uh, worn-out deer um, in Kansas City, Missouri, just barely getting along, because there's an, a natural, innate way for us to be. Mm-hmm. So, Teresa Pooney, here we are, you know, so-and-so, um, Mary Sue, uh, hears of something tragic, Right now, she's had a loss, and um, she walked into her job, and they went, you're no longer welcome here. So she's she's hit with that thunderbolt and lightning. So how can she, what would be her process uh, of this huge loss in her life that equates to a third of her time in her life and part of her purpose then what are some of the things that she can see and be in order that support her in in moving on, that support her in uh, being real and being authentic? What would that look like?
2: I think the first thing in being real and authentic would be to acknowledge that losing a job is grief, causes grief. It's most of us um it goes back to the way we're raised and the way we're taught and the power of positive thinking and all those other good things that we put on a happy face, we say, uh, we start comparing ourselves to other people, at least I'm not dying of cancer, I just lost my job. How can I possibly be this sad, and I think that when they if they would allow themselves to understand that they have lost something. They have a loss. It's, it's not to be compared to other losses. It's how does this feel to me now? Go to my heart. Go to my gut. How does this really feel? And what it really feels like is a loss. And it's a loss in a lot of cases of security, which is a huge loss, a huge core loss to lose security. Also the loss of possibility, what could have been and isn't going to be. And once you allow yourself to go to that place, then the healing can begin. But when you go to denial that this is no big deal, my neighbor down the street lost her house in a fire, how can I possibly be suffering? Then you, you're you going to pack it away and it's going to get... Um, in that packet of grief that you've been packing away since you were a child—that's um,
1: that's a huge point, and I, I just oh. want to highlight that and put it in large caps, put it on a poster, maybe a billboard. <laughs> uh, that when those uh, feelings um, come up, what we don't want to do is um, say, "Well, so and so, you know, I look at wearing their shoes, mm-hmm. and therefore." You know, then it's not so bad. I mean, compared to that person over there, what do I have to complain about? That is uh, one of the leading uh, mistakes, if you will, that people make. Uh, you're not wearing their shoes, you're not them, uh, you're not going through what they're going through. Your karma is different than their karma. So, you want to stick with what you're going through yourself and stay with that to ride the course all of those other grand gestures and ideas and compassion for the rest of the world can come later but not in the v- beginning phase of what your loss is so i just wanted to elaborate on that because it's so important um to to go to that level
2: yeah and it's it's really important to honor yourself and you have to and this is one of my main Focuses. you have to get out of your brain and you have to go to your heart. And it's it's the other end of the spectrum of people who say, well, you know, this is my story and I'm going to have it for the rest of my life because I've suffered more than you have. And then the other end is, well, I couldn't possibly talk about this because it certainly doesn't compare to your suffering. And that's all brain stuff. That's all measuring, you know. Um. Strength and weakness and all that has nothing to do with heart. It has nothing to do with soul. So allow yourself to feel what you feel. And don't analyze it to death, just allow it. And know that in all of the greatest writings going back thousands of years, it's always been about the dark night of the soul. And this is what cracks you open and opens you to your new life. So, not suffering is is suffering. <laughs> you have to allow the suffering. You have to allow the grief. And I see this in in our our culture with our returning soldiers. We show them in the hospital with their limbs removed, and them saying, "I want to get back to my to my core. I want to get back to my group. I'm I'm ready to go back to Afghanistan." And we honor that and we put them on television and we have a very difficult time honoring and and relating to those who have come back who are suicidal because that we we don't know how to handle that that's that's somebody in grief and we don't know how to handle it and it's when we see that more soldiers have died of suicide than Altogether in combat in Afghanistan and Iraq, that should wake us up. That somehow something's going on here that we're not giving credence to, and it means going to the heart and not not dishonoring those who are brave and strong and go. You know, I'm ready to go back. That's just because they have a different um, a different relationship to what happened to them, and that's their right. But we have to honor everybody, and we have to honor what they're going through and allow them to feel it and not feel like they have to take their life because they're feeling it, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, absolutely. It totally uh, makes sense. And part of it that we also see, now, one of the things that that you say in your book, when People are grieving. Often people go, I'm just doing everything I can to stay as busy as I can to keep going so I don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. What would be, uh, from your experience and your uh, working with this for so long, how would you respond to that?
2: Well, with my clients, I will say, you're just burying it deeper. And you're going to eventually have to deal with it, but you will have to deal with it even bigger because it's now going to that place where you stored all your other griefs in your lifetime. So the the courageous thing to do is to let go and go into the dark night of the soul and through the dark night of the soul. And I think um, it became so clear to me when um, my son... Energy returned to me in a in a church actually, and I heard his voice say, "Your wound is not a wound; it's a portal." And then his energy disappeared, and I was like, "What does that mean? What does that mean?" You know. And then I, as I meditated and and listened, and I knew that that meant it was my way through to my bigger self. And if I refused it that that would never happen that the the me that was meant to be would not happen if i didn't go through it instead of covering it up
1: well one of the things that i that i do see in our society giving credit where credit is due is when there's tragedy of a family you know that all of them die uh, that recently happened in South Carolina, or when there's um, a child where there's been like a car accident or something as a teenager and they get the class together and they offer a, a therapist to be be mm-hmm. present, yeah. you know, I think that's very powerful. I, I didn't have that, or let me just say we didn't have that in our particular school system at that particular time. And when I was uh, 13 and a half 14 my cousin, who was 17, uh, was killed in an automobile accident, and he had made an announcement to his church that he was going to become a minister, and that's what I wanted to do, and that he, you know, was, and they were all excited, you know, as a community, and they were going to support him to go to college and all this stuff, and he went down to celebrate with his friends and have a pizza, and um, he was d- killed because someone ran a a traffic light and he died instantly and Mm -hmm. there were four in the car uh two wound up being drug addicts and the third one uh took his life uh, Mm -hmm. because he never addressed you know any of that for me um the road was oh wow if you're good uh you get taken early you know cuz when you're a teenager everything's yeah. about you yeah. uh which we know a lot of adults never outgrow that but yeah. definitely then it, it's about you so i internalized it and i was so um i remember just being so stressed uh didn't know that word then but anxious about turning 17 because mm-hmm. i was afraid that i was going to die I went, well, God, you know, Bruce died, and he was going to be a minister, and so, you know, I'm going to die, too, and so I don't want to be good. You know, let me smoke, and let me drink, and let me be good at that yeah, (laughs) so that I can hang around with everybody else, Um, but that was real, you know, and whether, I mean, obviously, it was on the uh, imagination realm for me, but anything, imagination can become real. If you if you let it be,
2: oh yeah, and so, that's so normal for for people to connect those dots, and and because the other choice would be to say um, everything I believed about God is not true. Yes. So so you you unconsciously make those choices to make you understand it, and then you're stuck with oh my gosh, if that's true, then I need to be in in that case. I need to be uh, less than good. So I don't get taken, and that that's something that that people didn't even pay attention to. And I I have recently been speaking to people about the uh, the new DSM. I don't know if you noticed that with my work, but the the book for psychiatrists that tells them um, how to treat people who are anxious or depressed or whatever. And there used to be an exclusion in the DSM for grief where you didn't introduce medication because grief had some of the same uh, aspects as depression. But if it was grief, you gave people two months to recover before you introduced medication. And the new DSM for 2013 removes the grief exclusion. And if people are still acting sad and um, expressing grief in two weeks then the psychiatrist is to recommend medication. And there's such an outcry about this. You know, how can you expect people to overcome grief in two weeks? That is so mechanized and scientific and has absolutely no validity at all. If someone's suicidal, then of course you, the psychiatrist is going to have a responsibility. But if someone's going through grief you just tell them, you know, you're going through grief and let's work on this. But it's it's shocking to me that we're going the opposite direction of what you and I are talking about. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You're not
2: supposed to feel anything. We're going to give you the pill and you won't feel anything.
1: Mhm.
2: And how do but you go through grief and how do you come out the other side and how do you use your mystic and, and your intention when you're... When you are being numbed, yeah,
1: medication instead of meditation, yes, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: you know, yeah, and I know it's it's really caused a lot of conversation because the head of the committee was from Duke University, and he came out afterwards and said it was a travesty, and uh should never have happened, but you know that's that's we are going that direction, and when we talk about our society, there are definitely enclaves of our society, like you're talking about family and and school counseling and things that are starting to move in the other direction slowly and creakily, <laughs> and <laughs> but on the other hand, is the you know this kind of thing.
1: Absolutely. And if we look at, you know, starting where we are, then, you know, individuals that are leaders, uh, people that are out in core leadership roles, uh, especially therapists, mm-hmm. you know, want to be able to deal with their stuff, you know, deal with your stuff, because if you don't, then you aren't comfortable with people dealing with, you know, what's going on with them. So, uh, a therapist often that's never dealt with his or her pain, or cried, or wept, or any of those things, you can, you can identify it immediately because if someone begins to cry, they run over and get them a Kleenex and shut down their feelings. They make them then go back to their head uh, because they want to make it better and fix it. You know, those right. kind of things. So we are fix it. A fix-it. This, yeah, fix let's fix people. it so you don't have to feel it. Let's, let's fix it yeah. right now. Let's, uh, change your oil and put on a new tire and you'll be good to go. Well, this is a wonderful, rich conversation and we will, uh, be going to break. And I want to remind everybody to go to ThereseTapuni, dot uh, com to find out more. Uh, her book is exceptional, The Gifts of Grief. And that's what happens when you allow yourself to have it is the gifts come on the other side and they're not fake gifts. They're not plastic gifts, they're actually real gifts. So we'll be right back after this short break. Thank you, everyone.
0: Who are we? Who is God? And what is our life's purpose? Author and minister, Ogan Holder, found his answers the hard way. Through inner turmoil and doubt, with candor and humor, he shares why it's good to doubt, even if you're a minister, in Rants to Revelations, new from Unity Books. Simply put, to doubt myself is to doubt God. If I embrace God as the very operating principles of the universe, the connecting space between us, the fabric of existence... And that I am the physical embodiment of all that, then how could there be room for doubt in myself? My salvation lies in the following premise doubt is the beginning of faith. Read more from Rants to Revelations and order your copy today. Visit rants2revs.com.
1: Only on Unity
2: Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes.
1: And thank you, everyone, and thank you, Therese, for uh, taking uh, what could have broken you in your life and sent you into a cave of um, just a halfway uh, ability to participate in life with the loss of your son that brought you forth to a place of uh, true living and um, living and walking what you're talking about and I I love the the gifts of grief. Uh Therese actually donated some of those books that we could offer it to people in the community that are grieving, that need that that support, or just that validation. I think that's a key word. I I use it a lot. Is the great healer is uh validating you know uh, jesus said are you ready to be healed he didn't say there is no such thing you don't really have whatever it is that you mm-hmm. think you have you know but addressed it in a way of are you ready to be healed obviously you have whether it's real or not you have it and therefore it's real to you and that's what matters so are you ready to be healed from the that, you know, that you perceive as being a part of your experience. And that's one of the things that I say uh, in the hundreds of memorials that I've done through the years is, folks, here's the thing. Grief is different for everybody. Um... You know, and it, it looks different. I mean, some people grieve over a period of time. Some people grieve an issue or a person uh, all the days of their lives in small increments. Um, mm-hmm. And some people um, grieve by just weeping for for weeks. It just, it looks very different. And I love that you address that in your book because it's so crucial um and it gives us the support and the awareness of stop telling other people how to do it, you know.
2: <laughs> yes. yes, because there is no one way to do it. And to expect people to, to you know, to pick up my book the week after A Gravest Loss and say, oh, yeah, I know there's gifts in there. That's, that's not going to happen. It's, it takes time to... For instance, I use my divorce as an example. I was married for 35 years, and won't go into details, but um, I was divorced. And to me, it was a death. It was a death of all of the possibilities that I had expected, growing old together, having the grandchildren to the same house that my children grew up in, all of those things. And I never would have believed if someone told me then, that I would look back and say, oh, what a gift he gave me. Because if I had not been divorced, I would not I would not have gone in the direction that I went in. I wouldn't have written this book. I have a lot to be thankful for to him, but that certainly wasn't possible for me to see in the first few months or the first year or the first two years, <laughs> even. You know, it's... Um, our gifts come, and then one day we go, oh, my gosh, you know, I didn't realize that. And and when my son died, I went to church, and the people at church surrounded me with smiles on their faces and said, aren't you happy he's with Jesus? Well, hell no, I wasn't. Excuse my. <laughs> I was not. Happy with Jesus we he was, on that <laughs> he, was, he was supposed to be with me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that but, but you don't have to be thankful. You have to say, okay, well, you don't even have to. You can choose to say, "All right, does this happen to me? Where do I go from here?" But first, you have to go into the grief, and you have to forgive people who, because they haven't been there, have no clue what they're saying because they don't know how. They're doing the best they can with what they know at that moment, but you are making them very uncomfortable.
1: And I would say, I would go a step further um, if you feel that you're strong enough in your capacity to do so, that when someone does say something to you, that yes, you do forgive them and you could go a step further and and say, uh, I prefer if you would hold me in this particular way. I do feel that yes. Uh, yes. often people are teachable if we give them a new insight. I know my partner, you know, when she faced um, breast cancer, you know, the things that people would say. And they'd go, oh, you know, gosh. And so she mm-hmm. would ha- need to each and every time... Communicate to someone, look, I really want you on my team, but in order to be on my team, I really need it to look like, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, for me, I I learned so much about it, well, uh, throughout my life, because I've faced death so many times in my life and so many people. And yeah. um, the comments, you know, that that people make, um, you know, well, they're in heaven now, Um you know, that's nice. Uh, or, um, well, they're still with you. Oh, really? Well, show me, where do you see them? You know, um, yeah. because we're talking several dimensions. And yeah. so, yeah, um, energetically, they may be around, Um or, energetically, they may have decided to, you know, go be the light, you know, somewhere else or both and. And, yeah, we do know and there's a lot of proof that there is this ongoing energy. And I, I'm i all over that and I believe it. And I have people that are on the other side that communicate with me and I get that. On the yeah. other hand, in the way that they communicated with me, that's not happening right now. And there's yeah. a loss there for me. And that's a part of my feeling that. And it's not so it will change the person or the experience. It's that it will change me if I let it. And so to say to people, well, they're still there. uh, No. Or the animal is still there. No. uh, You know, those kind of things. And I think over time. The people that are really your core people in your life uh, if you teach them you know they'll uh, you know they'll honor you. I, I lost uh, about uh, five or six weeks ago uh, my 18 and a half uh, one of my greatest loves my little 18 and a half year old multitipoo
2: hmm.
1: and um, you know it just the other day I went to get four towels. Um, to bathe all the dogs uh, because I had four for so many years, and I just took a moment and I went, oh, "Temple, you know, you just need yeah. three towels. You just yeah. need three towels." And I just, oh, I just had this big old belly, you know, cry. Um, yeah, how much I I miss that um, little girl. And but it's it's a feeling for my energy and wander child and um and that's so crucial for people to understand uh the walk that we're on
2: yeah yeah it is and but it is a like you said a teachable moment because it's not what we've been taught for generations we have all those wonderful things stiff upper lip
1: <laughs> right <laughs> right know. what is that uh, we learned growing up, um, yeah. uh, age both of us, you get a glass of water and it won't be long. You take a BC powder. <laughs> That's right. And you That's come right. back strong. I mean, yeah. you, know, you still yeah. remember that as if it were just the other day that, that, that you heard that. That's right. Yeah. And I do
2: believe that when you have that teachable moment and you share it, people who love you, who are truly heart people, will get it and other ones will leave. And that happens. It happens in death. It happens in divorce. People who cannot cope with it because of their own issues, whatever they are, are going to to leave, and that's not a bad thing. That's just a natural process of discovering who your core heart people are. Exactly. I really believe, yeah, I really believe that. And it's a growth thing. All of it's growth. All of it is growth. And nothing kicks you into growth like grieving if you're ready.
1: Everyone, um, you can go and find out more about Therese Tapuni by going to her website. Uh, the spelling of her name is T-H-E-R-E-S-E-T-A. P-P-O-U-N-I.com. She has a wealth of information on her website. I would advise you to uh, seek getting this book to have just on hand three or four copies to send to people along the way that are going through different changes. Um, we are going to be doing some programs here about it at uh, Unity Campus here in the heart of St. Petersburg. Uh, because of this, just what we know to be true of of that energetic being, that thriving person, and I ask you to do a, just a quick assessment of your life right now as you have listened to this show is to ask yourself, are you as energetic as you as you were in your youth? Um, are you carrying a, a zeal and enthusiasm for life and a vibrancy? Or do you find yourself uh, dragging along or going through these occasional feelings of uh, depression or whatever they may be that you feel less than in your uh, believability and in your faith? And I would say that if you answer that you feel that something's missing, uh, that you don't feel quite the same, that more than likely you are looking at unresolved grief in your life and letting go and letting be. And to take time to uh, journal, to fully express, to find somebody, be it someone close to you or a professional, in that you can walk through th- this path of change. And also, uh, Therese, one of the things that we also, I think, is important for people to uh, connect with is sometimes we are grieving uh, three or four things at one time you know, that have happened.
2: Yeah, and I have um, a checklist in the book because people honestly don't see things as, and I used the example of I was moved at two really important times in my young life when I was going into uh, the eighth grade with my friends that had been in the same school. And then again, when I went into my senior year, I was moved from the Midwest to Florida. And I remember at the time being so sad and feeling so bereft and then saying, well, you know, look, you've moved to Florida. You have this lovely home with a swimming pool. Who are you to complain? I mean, you have nothing to complain about. And so you just bury those things. And they are griefs, whether people acknowledge them or not. They're, you know, moving as a child, losing a job, um, there's so many things that just pile up, and we then we have a loss such as you spoke about having breast cancer getting divorced, whatever that's a uh, goes in there and and mates with all of those other griefs, and then you have this huge feeling of what's going on i don't understand this I just I, you know i just don't it's huge, and I have to deal with it, but what is it? And what it is is grief.
1: Absolutely. I want to end our time together, uh, Therese. Well, first of all, to thank you for the work you're doing, you know, out in the world and uh, making a difference. Well, you and too. I also want to close with, uh, from your website, actually, uh, one of the great writings of Diane Ackerman. Uh-huh. I don't... I don't want to end. I don't want to get to the end of my life and find that I live just the length of it. I want to have lived the width of it as well. I think that that says it all. And no, so uh, thank you so much for Ther- Therese for being on our show today. Um, everyone go to ThereseTapuni.com. Get this book, The Gifts of Grief and share it with your friends. I'm Temple Hayes, and thank you for being part of my listening audience out there in the world. Thank you for forwarding these great messages of tools and skills and how people can be the intentional spirit. Um, And please sign up for my blog, templehayesblog.com. And um, bless you on your journey. Thank you, Therese, for being with us.
2: Oh, thank you. It was a great pleasure.
1: All right. Many blessings to you.
2: To you, too. Bye.
0: Thank you for tuning into The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Whether you love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily or refuse to have it in your house, The Bible Alive! Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you. Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you're seeking? Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time for The Bible Alive, exploring your spiritual roadmap with Rev. Ed Townley, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: Inspiration only takes a moment. We
0: invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power. For out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion.